Welcome back to another juicy episode of Water Hockey brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and proudly supported by DraftKings. As always, use promo code THPN on the DraftKings app to get in on all the action today. It's the NFL football season. It's here. NBA is right around the corner. NHL is right around the corner. MLB is just about to jump in the playoffs. It is high time to get on DraftKings. Make a little cash on behalf of us. THPN promo code. And, of course, make sure to head over to our socials at Wada Hockey on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. We've got the rights. Not technically, but we've got the name at least. So for now, we're doing good and it's smooth sailing. I am Fink, and as always, I am joined by the boys, Patrick and Jason. Going to kick it over to them in just a second, but I do want to let you guys know we have a very special guest coming up in just a couple of minutes. Before we jump into the catch-up session, uh, make sure to head over to Texas Hockey Apparel. Just do it. Don't be silly. Uh, Garrett's an awesome guy. He's been awesome to the show. He's been awesome to the Texas hockey community. Um, The guys at tournaments almost every weekend, setting up shop, spreading the good word of Texas Hockey Apparel. He just released his brand new 80s retro style Texas Hockey Apparel shirts. They are on site live right now. Go pick one up because I know all of us will have one within the next couple of days. I think I'm going to order mine tonight. They look great right now, actually. I, and I, I don't want to give the guest away just yet, but they look a lot like the shirt that our guest is wearing on the other side of the screen. It's very true. It's very retro. Color, it pops. The colors, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, but yeah, TexasHockeyApparel.com. They're on all socials as well. Check them out today. Patrick, <laughs> another curveball. I'm throwing nothing but sliders and curves all day, all night. How was your weekend, man? My weekend was a lot of fun. And my played a lot of golf last week. And Steve and I went to the new puttery place up in the colony. Oh, I've heard I was going to ask all awesome. about this, by the way. It was, uh, how it was, was a lot it? of fun. The oh. actual golf is not that long because it's nine holes and you have to like rebook and they're super packed. But they That's had fair. good drinks and a pretty cool atmosphere. So uh, I'd recommend it. Nice. And, and what's then, it called? Uh, is it called the puttery? Yeah. Puttery, yeah. Puttery. Awesome. Yeah. And that whole area up there is, is sick. I don't, a lot of people in the Dallas area. area, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in Dallas proper. I don't think, uh, get out too often. Definitely check that place out. It's a really cool place. Yeah. When we, when Kelly and I went to, uh, that Jurassic park thing up there. Oh uh, yeah. Really saw how much the colony kind of picked up all their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Together. That little area is really booming. And isn't that where the shields is at, right? We talked about that place. Like, four or five times on this show. So yeah. might as well just get sponsored by them. They're just the largest sporting goods store in the world. So I'm going to go hit up Mr. Shields. See what yeah. we can make happen. I think at he least prefers free hockey tape. I think he prefers Senor Shields, but oh, I don't know. Shields. I don't want to, I don't want the meeting to start off on a weird foot. So uh, I, I have a bone to pick with Shields. Uh Oh, because they're, um, what are they? The, the little statue garden outside oh, of yeah. the front of it is very confusing. Because we, right smack dab in the middle, move? no, they have in the middle, right by the front doors, a uh, they have a like veteran memorial, which is all well and good, and then to the left and right they have George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, solid guys, and then to the further left and further right they have a like a mountain biker and a guy fly fishing. It I mean, is those a are very... our founding. Those are our founding fathers. <laughs> Mountain yeah. biking Steve and fly fishing Dave. Yeah, 
It is a very confusing mix of Rushmore too. murals. You yeah. know we had that in the colony? It's actually called Mount Rushless. Um, thanks. I'll be here all day. That, for everyone that's listening, is Jason. Jason, how was your weekend, man? Okay. I know in the first part, uh, we talked about, like, I went to, out to Fort Worth to go visit my buddy, Steven. Saw yeah. Baby. It was great. It was all well. Lena's fantastic, right? Also, I forgot to mention, uh, this is big news. Uh, pylon news. I got the pylon this week. I scored a hat trick. They said what? I got a hat trick. I only remember scoring two goals. Oh, because of the said booze. I got for you. So, uh, no, there was no booze until after, obviously. Do you have a sandwich or two? I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Veggie burger? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. No, I I guess I got one super early, but I thought I just had the assist on it, but I guess they gave me the goal. So, anyways, I got a hat trick this weekend. No biggie. Uh, and actually, for all confusion. the French fries who hear this on Thursday, that playoff game ultimately turns into our championship game. This Friday, come out to Richardson Star Center, 8.30. Yours truly will be uh, probably right wing yet again, hopefully putting up a couple of biscuits in the basket, you know? Love that. Uh, I don't know if we've announced it officially on the show, but I have signed my contract with the, the Pylons. I will be part of the Pylons organization starting on September 24th, as it stands right now. Uh, we don't know if the season's actually going to start on that day, but it's, it's official. Uh, might be get pushed a week. Um but it's official. I'm in like sin. Before we jump into the guests that we have lined up for you guys, obviously we're super excited about it. Always got to do a little housekeeping on the back end of things. You know, I, I had a great weekend. Got to play some sauce toss uh, with my buddy Nathan. If you guys didn't see it on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Wada Hockey. If you go to saucetoss.com, hashtag bag, bags for beauties. Type in Wada Hockey promo code Wada Hockey get you ten percent off your entire order, and uh, that's a nice little chunk of change. So get set up for Christmas because obviously you are listening to this as a hockey fan. You're gonna want some hockey toys. That's the way to go. Patrick, I'm gonna kick it over to you because I know you've just got this down to a science at this point, uh, and I just I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, man. Uh, personal announcement: My birthday is when everybody's listening to this episode oh in two days time happy yeah. mexican independence day that's man yeah. what a day for what a day happy birthday to myself <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday to my future self <laughs> and you know we're me and me and a buddy are planning on going to maybe tour 18 oh, which is awesome uh, a pretty cool course from what i hear i've never been there you gonna go play saturday I think we're going to go next week. It looks pretty okay. packed this weekend. And I can't go Saturday morning because it's OU Nebraska, which takes uh, precedent. Yes. Precedent, yeah. But they only have 18 holes from various courses. What if I told you that you could play 18 holes from over 100 courses? Ooh, what a pro segue. How would that sound? Sounds great. Tell me more, It sounds Patrick. great, and you can do that with the range. It's the mobile golf simulator setup of your dreams. They have all of the fancy golf statistics you could ever need. I'm not going to list them off except Smash Factor because that's the most important one. Bingo. Smash Factor. You can play Pebble Beach. You can play Dallas National. You can play St. Andrews. I got more than one this week. Ooh. Check them out, therangegolf.com and at therange underscore golf on Instagram. They, you can find booking, rates, availability, uh, FAQs. They have the brand new Taylor Swift's. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback for you there you go lots of pop in those clubs 
they'll come to your house. They'll come to your company's parking lot. I don't know. Wherever you want to go, they'll be there. They'll set it up. They'll tear it down. All you have to do is show up and hit some golf balls. So one more time, therangegolf.com, at therange underscore golf on Instagram. Let him bring the range to you. Just, I mean, he's a he's a veteran in the game. Jason, I know you've got a, uh, I've, I know you've got something to talk about, but I feel like we can throw it in here uh, a little bit later because we have a, uh, we have been we've been making this gentleman wait long enough. You know, obviously we have made some awesome connections throughout our time doing this podcast. Um, you know, huge shout out to the All Americans for that. By the way, if you have not checked, go make sure to check out our socials, specifically Twitter. They released their promo schedule. Um, they've got a Star Wars night on there. I know I'll be at that game. The Dallas, yeah, it's going to be sick. Uh, I am Chewbacca from Space Film. Uh, that's a TikTok because I'm addicted to it. Uh, the Dallas Stars, <laughs> they released their brand new Center Ice logo. Uh, it may or may not have inspired the coinciding logo release that we did over the weekend. And yeah, we're going to give away some preseason tickets. I don't know how, I don't know when, but we're going to do it here soon. That being said, it's a really interesting time in the Stars fandom and the Stars nation. The most disliked NHL franchise in the NHL, apparently. Traverse City tournament's going on right now. If you don't know what that is, essentially it is a prospect tournament. It only involves about, I think, six teams that gets underway when you're listening to this tonight, Thursday, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, St. Louis Blues, and your Dallas Stars. Our guest today has been on top of all of what's going on with a prospect training camp. He hails from the University of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. He has been to Kansas City and worked for Fox Sports Kansas City. Went over to the Sun Sentinel over in Florida before landing here in Dallas, working for the Dallas Morning News, covering your Dallas Stars, the one and only Matt DeFranks. Matt, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? How you doing? We've had a rocky start today. Uh, a couple of bumps it in the ha- road. It has been rough. But like I said, we're like a, we're like a 62 El Camino. I don't even know if that's when they were made, but a couple jiggles of the handle. <laughs> this baby is smooth sailing. Just a couple take the wrench to the alternator a couple times and bang it, bam, 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 bam. Get yelled at by your dad for not holding the flashlight right. You know, the natural stuff. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for your time. Um, to get to know you a little bit more, all, all of us here on the show would ultimately love to end up in some kind of sports media fashion in the industry one day. How has your journey been to get here to Dallas? And, and what have been some of your personal highlights along the way? I mean, you've covered... Uh, lacrosse at Notre Dame and, and and multiple Florida teams. I know you wrote covering the Angels for some time. So what's it been like for you? What's your journey like? Yeah, it's been a, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, so I graduated in college from uh, in 2014. So in those seven years, kind of bounced around. I did an internship out in Anaheim, uh, worked in Kansas City covering the Royals for a little bit, uh, experienced some, some layoffs in Kansas City, and then uh, – Went back home to Miami. Um, that's where I kind of got on with the Sun Sentinel. Eventually, I started out doing uh, FAU football. So right when Lane Kiffin was getting there, that's kind of when I was covering them. Uh, and then they moved me over to cover the Panthers. So this coming year will be my fourth year in Dallas. It's hard to believe that. And uh, and fifth year covering the NHL. So it's been kind of, uh, kind of a little bit of everywhere. But I think the biggest thing is just a tremendous amount of luck <laughs> when – when positions open up and what the circumstances are when I'm there. Can we go back to the time in Anaheim? Yeah. 
what was that Pujols contract like whenever that whole stuff was like going down? Like how did how did California feel at the time? So I was only an intern. That was the summer after I graduated from college. So, mm-hmm. um, oh. you know, I went out there and I think that was his either his second or his third year of that contract in Anaheim. Um, but he was still producing, you know. Uh, Josh Hamilton was the one that all the Angels fans were upset at. Uh, uh, yeah. f- familiar well, name around probably. here. <laughs> so, I mean, he was the one who was who was hurt most of the time in 2014. And, you know, they had the best record in baseball uh, in 2014. Got swept by the Royals in the ALDS. Uh, but, you know, Trout was being Trout. Pujols was still producing. Jared Weaver was still Ooh. good somehow. That's a um, name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh man, you just imagine Houston Street. Oh my Jason, gosh, Jason yeah. Grilly. Yeah, there's there are some names on that team. Howie Kendrick. Was so, it, this was when Mike Scotia was still a manager? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hockey yeah. podcast here. We're a hockey yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, but we, we know we know sports. We know sports. No, like my senior year in college, I, I wrote a nice like eighteen page paper over Josh Hamilton and thanked him for his time here, but pleasantly was glad he was gone. <laughs> Uh, what page was the Sherlock's memorial on? There, there was definitely a couple of <laughs> tributes uh, to that. I'll, I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would like that. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good paper. What class was that for? Yeah. Uh, what, what is the context there? So it was basically I had to finish my last English class, and it was just my student. I just procrastinated, and I could never fit it into any of my schedule. So basically it was like a sophomore-level class that I just I needed to get done before I graduated. <laughs> And uh, it, it was a research paper. I actually got to interview Bob Stern for it, which was really cool. Nice. I just put out a tweet. I was like, hey, man, uh, you want to be on this? Uh, I got to interview somebody for uh, for this paper. I want to get your thoughts on Josh Hamilton and his time here. So it was, it was fun. And also, if you could talk for 18 pages, that would be really great for my paper. If you know Bob Stern, I, he can, I'm pretty sure. I think I even got to – I got Evan Grant, too, to be on it. But I think his was just strictly email. I was yeah. like, hey, these are the questions I have. Just that works. send it back. That was fine. Well, uh, Matt, you've been, like you said, you've been in Dallas now for just about four years. Uh, what's it like? Obviously, it's a huge transition to come from, you know, a couple of different cities. Um, specifically, you said Miami is your home. So coming from Miami and, and coming to Dallas and, you know, what's what's your time in Dallas been like? And, and you know, how have you, uh, how have you adapted? What's I guess what's the highlights for you? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, the, the time in Dallas so far has been, there's a little bit of everything. <laughs> there's, you go back to the 18, 19, and that was, you know, gym lights, and then, you know, the uh, game, yes. game seven in St. Louis, and before that, game six against Nashville with John Flanberg winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that was, that was a hell of a year to start. And then, obviously, 18, 19 was even crazier. Between uh, one seven and one, the Jim Montgomery firing, uh, the the big thirteen one and one run they went on, the the, the pandemic, the bubble. Uh, I tried going to, to Edmonton to cover that. I got kicked out of Canada, uh, so it's uh, it's been a kind of a crazy time in Dallas, but I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the people that were in the stars organization are very helpful, um, pretty easy to deal with. And, uh, you know, I, I live in Turtle Creek Oak Lawn. So, uh, I really nice. like the area where I'm yeah. at and can walk to the arena and stuff. So I, I really enjoy being in Dallas. That's awesome. Okay. We have to go back. You got kicked out of Canada. 
Yeah, so it was it was last year during the pandemic. This was probably about this time, well, about a year ago. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've after uh, Kiviranta scored the the game winner in Game Seven, mm-hmm. I went on a flight the next day to go to Edmonton because we wanted to be there for the the Cup final if they won the West. Because I wouldn't have been allowed out of the hotel room for two weeks, so I was going to quarantine during the Western uh, Conference final. Okay. And if they beat Vegas, I would have come out of quarantine in time for the Cup final. So that was the plan. Uh, I had talked to some reporters who had gone to Canada because their border was closed, and said, "Hey, what did what did you do to get to Canada?" They said we had a letter from the NHL and a letter from our newspaper explaining our purpose in Canada, and uh, that's how they deemed us essential and went through the border and. Uh, quarantine for two weeks, and then after that, we were able to go to the rink. And so I had those two things. I was ready to go. I went Dallas, Seattle, Vancouver, and then the, the next one would have been Vancouver to Edmonton. But in uh, Vancouver Customs, they were grilling me about uh, my essentialness in Canada and ultimately deemed me non-essential. So they, yeah, they, uh, they held my passport. Uh, so they held it for probably 16 hours or so from the from the afternoon the afternoon i was there in vancouver i had to the next flight out was the next morning so i had to stay overnight at the airport hotel uh meet meet them downstairs meet canadian customs downstairs at 5 a.m to for them to book me on a new flight and uh, they didn't give me my passport back until like right before the jet bridge like they scanned my my boarding pass that the I think the customs agent had, and then uh, as as I was walking on, they gave me my passport back, and I was headed back to uh, Seattle and then Dallas. Wow! Yeah. What a bummer. Dude. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was. I, I look back on it and I laugh, and like we we tried going. We tried. I mean, I visited the Canadian consulate here in Dallas and tried getting the letter of exemption to go to Canada, and uh, didn't get a response from the Canadian government until the day after the Lightning won the cup. So like the playoffs, Ooh. the playoffs ended. And they got the letter and said, "Nope, you're you're not coming anyways." It was just, it's funny. I look back on it and laugh. It's it was frustrating and in, in, at the time just because you didn't really understand what was oh, yeah. going wrong. But uh, but it's it's nice to look back on it and laugh, honestly. And also, if the Canucks could lose every game that way, you know, assuming that everyone in Vancouver is a Canucks fan, they can just be sad and, and upset about hockey. That would be nice too like this was this is a funny thing because that was when vegas had just beat vancouver in the second rounds right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yep. and thatcher demko stood on his head so there were some customs agents where i was talking to about the canucks and they're like oh i, don't, I think we should let markstrom go because that thatcher demko was really good um and so like some <laughs> of them were, were hockey fans and i just probably didn't get the right agent but it's you're like now. shaking the letter from the NHL, yeah. and you're like, "This? Did you not see the emblem on this? This is Gary Bettman signed this. He had to get on a step stool to, to sign this." Well, okay. I, so, like we said, though, it's it's a it's a it's a wild time, uh, Patrick. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but actually, go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say because I I, I want to dive into hockey real quick. Yeah, I have one more follow up uh, since you specifically brought up the one seven and one, and then Monty firing. And feel free to say no, but were you ever given the official reason why Monty was let go? Uh, bits and pieces that I can kind of put together myself, but not officially, no. 
Okay. That's kind of what I figured. It's, 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 it's wild to think about, too. Like, it was never really put out there. But obviously, there are privacy, you know, things intact for such reasons. So, completely understandable. That sees it. To, to, to put it lightly, like, the Stars fans have been through the absolute ringer for the past, what, two three years. years now? Yeah. I mean, it's just been insane. Like, story after story after story. If it's not management calling out the team it's the I mean, coach fuck, yeah getting fired or, yeah 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 off, it's right? literally everything uh that being said we are a hockey podcast like i said before the interview started uh the traverse city prospects tournament is just about to get underway like i said you, if you're listening to this now it's thursday which means it's going to start in the evening for the stars matt you had a really unique opportunity uh you were posting videos left and right of what was going on at camp uh, for some of the fans, the prospect tournament is something that they don't usually pay, pay too close attention to. Uh, but this year, it, it feels a little bit different because Stars fans now seemingly have a fountain of youth in their minor league system. Uh, what have been a few of the names that have, have kind of stood out to you and surprised you uh, while the group prepared for the Traverse City tournament? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to think about the prospects uh, that they're bringing to, to Traverse there because – they do have the last four first-round picks, and plus Riley Tufty. So that's five first-round picks on the roster, which is more than other teams. I looked at some of their other rosters, and the Stars have one Traverse City invite. So one guy that they don't have to a NHL or AHL contract, or they own his, his rights. Um, they just have one guy that's an invite. So that's not a lot compared to other teams that have four yeah. or five guys that you know maybe they don't have enough prospects in the pipeline to bring to Traverse City, and the Stars have a ton of them now, um, you know, taking 10 of them in, in one draft year helps uh, when they had all these yeah. picks this summer. Uh, yep. Some of them weren't able to make it just because they're playing in Europe or they're playing in college. But, you know, the biggest names are the ones that you should look at in, in NHL training camp as well. So Thomas Harley, Ty Delandria, uh, Riley, Damiani. Uh, those are the three big guys that should – be really good at Traverse. These are 18, 19 year old guys that they'll be playing against. And these are guys that should be challenging for NHL spots. Uh, maybe not straight out of training camp, just based on the way the contracts are, mm-hmm. but at least during the regular season, if a guy goes down, these should be guys that are ready to step in. And if you're taking those guys uh, and putting up against 18 and 19 year olds, uh, they should be able to have a really good tournament. And that's uh, that's kind of what the stars are hoping for out of them too. Who's been the biggest surprise so far that you've seen? Yeah, camp? so it's it's tough to it's tough to think about development camp because they don't really it's not a lot of uh, evaluation evaluation time to be honest. They had three days, um, they're an hour and a half practice each, but a lot of it was drills, um, working on, and even just the five on five stuff they had was a lot of just four check drills or breakout drills. It wasn't full-on five-on-five, this guy this guy versus that guy hockey. And they, they did do maybe 10 minutes on Saturday or Sunday and 10 minutes on Monday of scrimmage time. And that was where you kind of saw some actual playing going on. But I like to think of it as just one period of hockey, really. You saw 10 minutes mm-hmm. on Sunday. You saw 10 minutes on Monday. So uh, what mm-hmm. you see during those 20 minutes are going to be a lot less than what you'll see in the four games in Traverse City. You know, that being said, Thomas Harley was controlling the play whenever he was on the ice. Um, he's a guy who will hold on to the puck 
as long as he can, uh, possess the puck out of his own zone into the other zone, um, kind of circling in the in the offensive zone as well, trying to make plays. Uh, and he's very aggressive shooting the puck too. He's um, his defense has always been the concern, but he looked physically bigger. He said he's up to two oh seven. There were some plays that he shuts down up against the wall. So, you know, these are guys that are still physically developing that he's going up against, but positive signs from Thomas Harley uh, that we saw this weekend. And uh, the guy who was actually really surprising to me was uh, Artem Grushnikov. He's second round pick this summer, mm-hmm. and he should be playing in OHL uh, Hamilton this year, but he was a guy I didn't really know too much about. He's kind of lanky, has a little bit of a, of a wonky skating stride, but it still gets him from A to B smoothly. Um, not not quite as wonky as maybe Jason Robertson, um, but Grushnikov does kind of carry the puck, and he, he looks creative. He looks to make a play uh, when he's out there, and that was something I maybe wasn't expecting or kind of jumped out at me from over the weekends. Uh, those were those were interesting players uh, that I thought um, kind of were out there, both on defense uh, up front, Antonio Strangis was just fun to watch skate. He has that weird mm-hmm. ten and two mm-hmm. skating style oh, that he uses yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get around. And um, wasn't really that noticeable Sunday, but Monday uh, he was around the puck and he was uh, getting into space, and that's really what he needs. But other than that, I think a lot of more of the evaluation will come uh, over this next week. Yeah, it's really interesting too, and and you you briefly spoke on it. We had so many draft picks in this previous, uh, in this just most recent draft, and and being able to see guys like Wyatt Johnson, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, um, you know, Grishnikov, you said was a second round pick, Stankoven, which easily one of the most phenomenal names in hockey. I'm really hoping that he makes it to the show just for the name alone. <clears throat> you know, it's it's exciting to be a Stars fan because I think a lot of people, and you you might be able to speak to this. Uh, they're, they're very much in a win-now situation, but they're also in a situation where once that Stanley Cup window closes, I feel like it's going to open back up really quickly. Um, how do you feel the team has kind of set themselves up within the next probably two to three years, especially with that window? You know, you know, Suter was a big signing, but they signed him to four years, which kind of you know bothered quite a few people because he's a little bit older. Um, but, but how do you feel the Stars are kind of built for the next three to four years? Yeah, I was actually thinking about this uh, earlier today because you think about the term win now or a rebuild, right? And that's mm-hmm. those are generally the, the two poles of wherever a team is, right? Right. And sometimes I, I think that the stars are stuck maybe somewhere in the middle where they want to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. there, and there are some teams that, that don't do that. Like Pittsburgh, they trade their first round pick every year because they have – Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Latain, and they want to contend. Uh, Tampa trades their first-round pick so often because they want to get the pieces to to win now. Uh, Jim Nill's never traded his first-round pick unless it's to move up in the draft or move down. So he traded a first-round pick for Ottinger and just to move up for one, and he traded a first-round pick this summer to move down for one. Um, he was willing to for Matt Zuccarello. Those were conditional picks that were attached to that. Um, I miss I miss him so much. <laughs> I don't miss that contract that he ended up signing with Minnesota, but I miss him as a player. Yeah, I wish he yeah. stayed. Uh, and so, like those those types of things happen when you're a team that's that's really really all in. Like 
I think they they might be they might be raising raising uh, <laughs> instead of going all in, you know, hmm. and going going around. So uh, I think they are set up well for the future. I think this is a transition period of sorts where you're going from the Ben and Sagan Klingberg window to the Hints Robertson Hastenin window mm-hmm. um, because you know let's be honest, Jamie Ben's a fifty point player at this point. Uh, Klingberg's contract's about to run out, and Tyler Sagan's coming off major hip surgery. Um, so you don't really know what you're going to have in those guys a year from now. So I think there, there is a kind of two windows going on that, that's going on in Dallas. But if you look at the prospects that they have, uh, you know, Thomas Harley, Ty Delandria, Jay Gottinger, Maverick Bork, Logan Stanhoven are, are good guys to have in the pipeline. Um, you know, they're going to have one of the best teams in the AHL, I think, this year. Um, they're going to have trouble getting guys on the ice. I uh, look at their roster, and I wonder who's going to get stretched. There will be some stretched guys that you wonder, how is that guy getting stretched in the AHL? It's because they'll have a pretty decent team down there. So um, I do think they're set up well for the future. I just wonder if it impacts there now. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And it's it's funny you say that because we've been kind of echoing that same thing. The Texas Stars are going to be a wagon. I mean, one name, we actually had this guy on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jordan Kawaguchi. Seems like a real, real just great locker room presence, kind of a little bit reserved, but one of those guys where once he kind of gets to know you a little bit more, um, he becomes more of an open presence. Uh, you know, he was a captain up at North Dakota, which has easily one of the most talented uh, NCAA hockey programs in the entire country, in the entire world. <clears throat> that being said, I want to kind of transition a little bit. You did bring up Jake Ottinger. And that's a hot topic. Um, obviously, there is a logjam of goalies at the top with Bishop kind of being really in like a purgatory, like an LTIR purgatory, so to speak. Um, obviously, the Holtby signing was a surprise to all of us as fans and, and analysts, whatever you want to call us alike. You know, Ottinger played on his head at points last year behind Dobby, and now you've got literally four NHL caliber goalies. But what I really want to ask is, You've got two names on this list for the uh, the, the prospects tournament, and Remy Poirier and Adam Scheel. Now, if I remember correctly, Adam Scheel played with Kawaguchi in North Dakota. How does the goalie situation kind of shape up after those four guys? Like, it's it's obvious that someone's going to get left out, and unfortunately, it most likely will be Ottinger who will start in Texas. But behind Ottinger, you haven't really heard a lot of anything as far as the goalie situation goes so i'm curious if there are any names that might be on your radar um in like the younger class of goalies for the stars yeah so you know you got the, the four guys you mentioned and i'm fully expecting bishop to be injured and i mean he's skating we saw him skating literally yesterday on the ice mm-hmm. but i i have my doubts if he's ready to go um especially at the start of season during the season at all to be honest mm-hmm. uh so i think the stars will kind of let Hudobin and Holpe uh, go at it to, to start the season. And if it's not good enough, they can pull the shoot and say, well, we'll wave this guy. We'll try to stash him in the AHL if no one claims him. Uh, and we'll call up Ottinger and move, go on from there. Uh, but after Jake Ottinger, there is Adam Scheel, um, who debuted last year in Texas. Uh, he'll if Ottinger's up in, in the NHL, Shield will have the net in the AHL. Uh, and there's also Col- Colton Point, who 
you know, it's funny to think about the way we viewed Colton Point just a few years ago. He, he led the NCAA in save percentage at Colgate the year before he turned pro, but he hasn't been able to post a season of plus uh, 900 save percentage. He's been eight eight 890s, I think, for the last two years, three years um, in the ECHL and the AHL. So he was a name that I was kind of surprised wasn't on the Traverse City roster, to be honest. Um, I thought he might have been there to see if the organization wanted him to, to get some more reps to take the next step in his development. But he might be a guy that's going to be behind Shield and could be destined for the ECHL in Idaho. So, um, you know, after you go Bishop, Hudobin, Holpe, Ottinger, Shield, Point, uh, I think they do have uh, Matt Juriusic in Idaho on an ECHL contract. He was in Texas last year. Um, didn't really play much because uh, Thomas Scholl and Colton Point had the net, but he was on the roster and he was a healthy scratch for most of the year. So I think that's pretty much all the goalies that the Stars have, unless you count the ones in the front office too. You know, you got Marty Turco <laughs> and Al Montoya. You got you got Razor in the booth. Yeah, they got goalies everywhere in every position. I mean, we we're we're game solidly game right. Yeah, game recognized <laughs> game. We're solidly packed on the e bug. I. I I never want to see that, but what a story that would be if we hear like Razor just drop his headset on the table and just he, he's stride down to the line. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Marty, Marty Turco. You just see Marty Turco run out of his suite, and then he or Al Montoya run out of their suite and just end up on the ice and just a a real shoddy pad set. That would be one of the best stories of all time. You know, I, I think that's great. I think a lot of people, you know, are obviously concerned. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting that Bishop is skating, but I think we're all kind of coming to the point. You know that when you're a kid, and this is, God, there are kids that listen to the show. I don't even know if I should say this, but, you know, when the, that whole facade kind of fades away, I kind of feel like that's where we're at with Ben Bishop. What facade? How dare you? I don't want to talk about it. That's all we need to say. Can we cut How dare you? Can we cut this out. <laughs> yeah, that's as far. That's as far in the kiddie pool as I need to go. Like we don't need to talk about it any more further. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bleep out those two characters that you just mentioned to avoid ruining yeah. some child's My son's formative be years. A few years, and he's gonna be like, "What the hell are you talking about there?" <laughs> If this is the way that your son finds out about that, then I'm the truly, episode? truly sorry. On, on episode sorry. 41? This is, this is the Dirk dreams. episode. I am, I am truly sorry. Uh, as Nick Castellanos hits another one <laughs> far left field. <laughs> Support for this week's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Week one may be over, but the season is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So how do you take advantage? It's easy, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. 
That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now back to the show. I, I had a follow-up question about um, Braden Holtby and, and Hudobin. Out of those two guys, since Ottinger, I think, did show that he's at the very least capable of staying at the NHL level, who has the shorter leash this year in terms of their quality of play? Oh, I would think it's definitely Braden Holtby. He's on a one-year contract worth $2 million, um, and he was the guy who did not lead you to the Stanley Cup final. So um, Anton Hudobin has a sense of, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if respect is the right word, but kind of. Earned, uh, it, or, earned or, a spot, or, kind of. Yeah, or, or respect or adoration. Like he, he has a, a part of, you know, the front office's respect based off what he did, you know, I guess, this time last year. Um, whereas Holpe is coming in, he has back-to-back sub 900 years in Washington and Vancouver. It's on a one-year deal, doesn't really have a connection to the organization. Um, so I feel like they wouldn't do that to Anton Hudobin, but they, they would maybe potentially do it to Braden Holpe. That makes sense. I mean, it, it, he kind of it, straightforward question, but, you know, I had to ask. Yeah, he, he kind of feels like he was signed as a fall guy a little bit. Like, hey, if things kind of fall apart, like we can just cut the ties with him. It's going to be a low-cost, high-reward type situation. And like we just talked about, Ottinger is waiting in the wings. We know that he's NHL ready. Um, before we dump, jump into a little bit of the uh, you know the upper echelon, the NHL roster for the Dallas Stars, uh, are there any skaters on this Traverse City uh, roster that you could see during mini training camp that kind of reminded you of any of the current skaters on the Dallas Stars? I know like Delandria, for example, that's like an easier one because. He's more of like the Blake Como, fast pace, kind of checking forward. Unfortunately, there is Blake Como on the Stars roster, so that kind of stymies his spot. But are there any other guys on that training camp roster or on that Traverse City roster that kind of resemble one of the star skaters? And if so, who? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they have such different skill sets. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll put Riley Damiani in there with Jason Robertson, just in terms of their IQ and vision. Um, both of them have deficiencies in their game. So for Jason Robertson, it was his skating, right? And for Riley Damiani, it's his size. But both of them overcome it with the way they see the game, how they see uh, teammates, how they read the game, and how they pass the puck ultimately, right? So they're both playmakers. Uh, Damiani is a, is a right-handed center. Robertson's a left-handed wing. There, there, there are differences there, but the way that they play offense, the way that they see the game is similar. Um, and I'll go, I'll go one more. Um, I'll go with Oster Beck. Um, so he's coming over from Sweden. Uh, he's one of three Swedes coming over this season to North America, along with Frederick Karlstrom. And uh, just forgot this other guy's name. Oh, Jacob Peterson. Yeah. Uh, so the three of them are coming over from Sweden, and Jacob or Osterbeck is kind of a bottom six guy um, who will be dependable and 
the, the way I would think about him, I haven't seen him play a ton, but the way the stars talked about him, I would I would think Radic Foxa. Um, Oscar okay. Beck is someone who you guys in the organization the last few years said, hey, he could come into Texas right now and play a bottom six role, kill penalties, take big face-offs, and do a great job at it. Um, and that and that's what they've said for the last two couple of years. So um, I think he can be someone who can be reliable. Uh, one of the scouts that I talked to said, I I talked to my dad about hockey, and I tell him he's like my fingers and my toes. I can count on them. <laughs> and that's that's Oscar Beck there. Um, uh, yeah, I think there, there are other, you know, other guys that fit here and there, but don't really have straightforward uh, comps to the current stars roster. I would say that's fair. And I mean, obviously, with with the transformation of the game, you have a lot of these guys, and you know, we kind of have to remind people that are listening to this: these are not adults in in a, in a roundabout way. These are eighteen, nineteen, kids. twenty, and twenty-one year old kids essentially on this roster. So. These are kids that grew up watching the guys that are on these NHL rosters now and obviously tweaking and, you know, forming their game into their own. Obviously, super, super excited. Quick note on that. So Logan, Logan Stankov, and yesterday when we were talking to him, he was talking about how starstruck he is by some players. So, you know, he was in a, an elevator with, with Dennis Gurionov and he was like, how is, how is this Dennis Gurionov in this elevator <laughs> shaking my hand? And, um, you know, when he was uh, you know, in the, the hallways with uh, Jamie Benn and, Tyler Sagan, Ben Bishop, you know, those he's he gets kinda kinda starstruck and it's interesting to think about um these kids. I mean this I think Stankoven was born in two thousand and three. So oh, gosh. Yeah, that one hurts. That so, one sorry. hits home. Sorry guys, I, I think I fucked oh, up. <laughs> uh oh. yeah, so you know he's someone who's kinda seeing these guys in their primes as he's growing up and watching hockey. So uh, it is interesting to think how young they are. Like the oldest guy on the roster is Ryan Shea. He's 24 years old. That's the oldest guy. So everyone's younger than that. Yeah, it kind of just puts, like I said, it puts into perspective the this is a true prospect camp and a true prospect roster. Right. It's kind of crazy uh, that he's starstruck by Gurionov, who's pretty young himself. Yeah, I mean, what, 2015 draft, so six years? Yeah, I guess he was drafted yeah, yeah. when Stankoven was twelve. <laughs> yeah, well, when you put it that way, <laughs> God, it hurts. Which I, I, my, my Twitter profile and my my Instagram profile, my personal ones. It's funny because I, I, I've been in not similar situations. Like I saw Dennis Garyanoff at a Tom Thumb once, and it's amazing because it, he sticks out. Like if you meet him in person, he is not a small human being. He's a little bit lanky. But I think he's like 6'3", 6'4". He's a big dude. And then ironically, on the other end of the spectrum, I was in an elevator with Yuri Lettinen during the draft that was in Dallas. That is the most unsuspecting human being that's a hockey player ever. He's <laughs> not a big guy at all. So it's just it's insane to see the contrast in body styles between players and things of that sort. But it's it's weird to hear one of these kids who essentially could be a Dallas Star say I was starstruck by the Dallas Stars. Moving on though, a little bit more, you know, we just have a couple more questions, and I, I don't want to ask it, but I feel like I have to. Contingent on if the Stars are healthy, how deep of a run do you think this NHL Dallas Stars roster can make in this upcoming season? 
I think if you get to the Western Conference Final, that's a success for them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's going to be tough coming out of the Central when you have Colorado there. So True. if if they're not one of the top three in the Central, it's a big it's a big carrot to get that first wild card spot and maybe end up in the Pacific bracket instead, where you got Vegas, who you've had a little bit of success against before. Um, and then you have a bunch of question marks after that. You know, who, who knows if Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, the three California teams, or Seattle, who knows if they're any good or not, honestly. I think so, we know the answer to one of those teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, if you come out, if you're in the Central and you have Minnesota, uh, Colorado, maybe St. Louis, maybe Chicago, I don't know. Um, Chicago's been a, a weird weird one they had a yeah. really interesting off season but yeah so i mean it's, it's gonna be tougher to come out of the central i think and it's as as bad as colorado has been in the playoffs the last few years they're still like a really good team um we'll have to see how, how darcy Kemper is there but uh i i have trouble saying that the stars should beat the avalanche in the second rounds no, that's fair. Um, before I kick it over to the guys, see if they have anything. I, I do have one more question as far as the main roster is concerned. Three three names. I'll, I'll say four names, but realistically only three names truly matter. Joe Pavelski, Alexander Radulov, John Klingberg. I don't even know why I'm saying this last name. And this is nothing against the guy, but Sekera, Andre Sekera. All unrestricted free agents after this season. Obviously all kind of aging outside of Klingberg out of those four names. Do any of them come back to the stars after this season? What do you said in the over under at one? one. Really? I really, I really yeah, honestly, I really think John yeah, Klingberg you gotta go is the halves. only, I mean, yeah, well, what the majority rules then, but for me personally, I can only see them really offering John Klingberg, a either a bridge contract or any kind of sizable contract. It's hard for me to see the stars offer Joe Pavelski at 37 going on 38, Radulov 35 going on 36. Sekera is not going to get re-signed. There's too many guys on the defensive end in the AHL ready to come up like Thomas Harley. But So out of those three, we'll say one and a half. Uh, I'll go under, but I'll go with a different one than what you thought. Uh, I would think Joe Pavelski is the most likely. We'll see how he produces this year. Um, and it, it, at his age, it'll all depend on term as well. But we've seen mm-hmm. how Jim Nill likes veterans. And if Joe Pavelski can come in and still score 25 or 30 goals this year, I think he'll still be asked to come back. And his relationship with the Stars over the last three years has been good. He likes where his son plays youth hockey. He's known Ryan Suter forever um, back in their Wisconsin days. That's and true. he'll have to take a pay cut on $7 million. Right, they, oh, yeah. they, they, they can't they can't sign him at, at seven million, and it'll be dependent on term because I don't know if they'll want to sign him for you know three four years. But uh, I think he's more likely uh, to sign than John Klingberg, and that's partly based on the defenseman market. Mm-hmm. You know, Darnell Nurse, Sapporensky, Seth Jones, you know, they're all signing for nine million plus. Those are. Those are massive contracts. I'd say Seth Jones kind of set the market there a little bit. Yeah, and you know, before I I kind of looked at Tory Crude 
and Justin Falk as potential comps for John Klingberg. Like Tory Krude, great on the power play, doesn't kill penalties, can drive offense at five on five. Sounds sounds like what John Klingberg does. John Klingberg's probably better than, than Tory Krude. Um, mm-hmm. I think Krude was seven years at six and a half. And I don't think Klingberg's going to be anywhere close to that. And uh, I don't know if the Stars can afford to have all that money tied up in their defense uh, between Haston at 8.45 and Lindell at 5.8. Suter at 3.65 for three more years after this one. And if Klingberg comes in at, let's just pick, 8.75 for a number, or 9, you know, that's a lot of money in your top four. So I don't know if the Stars want to do that. Um, And that's why... Uh, I think that Klingberg's probably less likely than Pavelski. I mean, if if Klingberg can get that on the open market, that's fantastic for him. I just am unsure if, uh, if the Stars are willing to do that. Because if you look at the teams that have all that money tied up in top four defensemen, it's basically San Jose. Yeah. It's when they have... We see how they're uh, they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're in cap hell, right? Yeah. And, so you don't really want to put yourself in that situation. And it would be, I mean, not not apples to apples age-wise, but, you know, Carlson and Klingberg kind of be around the same age. I mean, Vlasic and Suter, not the same age, but both veteran guys. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of money for, for those guys, plus Burns too. No, that's completely fair. It's interesting too because you do go into the possibility, um, you know, I, I – uh, quote me if I'm wrong, but I know Como and maybe Pavelski have worn the A a couple of games here and there, but you're essentially losing two of your alternate captains going into that season You know, with Radulov and Klingberg. I'm going to go out on a limb and say if Klingberg is going anywhere, it's going to be Seattle. They have the cap room, assuming they don't make some outlandish signings throughout the next <laughs> couple of days. But I really think like if he's going to get something that big, they're going to have the cap space to really offer him up that big, heavy contract. And we'll see how it goes. But I want to kick it over to you, Jason and Patrick. And, and if you guys have anything for Matt, like fire away. Yeah. Um, what are you uh, what are you liking as far as our line pairs this year? OK, well, I got I got something that are in my head right now. You're so many roll roll through uh, all four lines, three yeah. pairs. All right, let's go. Um, so Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski. Oh, it's going to be such a fast line. Uh, ben, Sagan, Radulov. Kiviranta, Faxa, Guryanov. Mm, okay. Raffle, Glendening, Como. And then Suter, Klingberg, Lindell, Haskinen, Sekera, Hockenpah, Hudobin, Holby. Love that. Man. Ooh, the confidence is key. I... I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how they're going to use Jamie Benn um, this year. I, I right. can't imagine that they're going to play him at center for the entire season. And if you put him on a line with Tyler Sagan, you can kind of put him at center for some shifts, shift Sagan over to a wing or something. And obviously mm-hmm. Ben will take all the left-handed face-offs and Sagan can take the right-handed ones. You know, If you really wanted to, maybe you could make Ben uh, the third-line center and – move Faxa to Wayne or move Glenn Denning to Wayne and kind of shift around things that way and put Ben and Gurionov together. You can maybe potentially make three scoring lines. Um, it, it would just be a lot to ask of Ben at, what is he, 32, 33? 32, yeah. Yeah, 32. 
um, to play center for 82 games because he did it last year for 20 or so in a shortened season. Uh, I think it's a lot over 82 games in six months. Out of the signings on the free agency frenzy day, who, in your opinion, makes the biggest impact to this team? I think it's the guy who makes the most money, Ryan Suter. Um, That's fair. I think Hockenpah is a close second. I don't think uh, Glenn Denny and Raffle or Holpe will have uh, too big of impacts, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hockenpah, he'll be fun to watch, the, the physicality he brings. But Suter adds a lot in a lot of different areas. When I talked to Rick Bones a few weeks ago, he made it seem like they really want Ryan Suter on the second power play unit. Uh, which makes me wonder what they do with Miro Hastings and if Suter's at the point or Hastings on the endless half wall or mm-hmm. uh, or what. But if he wants him on the power play, he's definitely going to be killing penalties. He was on that first penalty killing pair in Minnesota last year. Uh, so if he's playing those two special teams and with Klingberg on the the one A pairing or one B, or if you want to put Lindell and Hastings as one A, um, he'll be getting a lot of minutes. And when you play. 22 minutes a game, you're going to have a greater impact than Hockenpah, who's maybe getting 15 to 18. Uh, before, I, I know Patch probably has one or two questions. Uh, over, under, Hockenpah, does he finish third in hits? Over or under? Well, he was third last year. That's what I'm um, going off of, and I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that it's over. It so I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the hit stat mm-hmm. because – it varies from building to building what counts as hits. That's fair. Uh, so Vegas, if you look at the Vegas hit totals, their counter is like Ryan Reeves hits people, sure, and Carrier hits people, but are they top ten in the league every year? I don't know. Um, and I think Dallas's hit counter, I don't know, maybe might not be as hot as uh, as Anaheim or Carolina. I'm gonna go under or over under under is under under being third. Ranked, is under being ranked higher or under being ranked lower than third? Lower. I'm going to go under being ranked lower because I want to see him hit more people. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say that he'll be ranked fourth or lower. Okay, whatever. okay, yeah. perfect. Because uh, oh, it was yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so it was it was Gudis and Kachuk above him, right? Yes, right. Uh, okay. as as the proud owner of the fantasy team, Kachuk, if you buck, yes. Uh, Kachuk was definitely one of the biggest hitters in the NHL. My question is, was there anybody that was either available as a free agent or maybe a trade target that you would have liked to see the stars maybe go after more aggressively than they did or potentially land outside of, I guess Ryan Suter was the big splash signing for a free agency. And he's, I mean, 3.65, like you said, Curious if there's anybody else that you had on your radar that the stars could have offered. Yeah, um, the one guy I kind of went back and forth on whether I wanted Dallas to be in on or not was Mike Hoffman. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, he's a as pure a scorer as they come, right? And that's what Dallas has had issues with the last three years. Mm-hmm. He he pretty much is is a one trick pony. He he scores and he does it on the power play from from the from the circle uh, on one-timers. He doesn't really impact the game a ton five-on-five, but he does have one of the best shots in the league. It it might be Ovechkin, Matthews, Hoffman. Like If you look at the shooting percentage numbers over Hoffman's career, 
um, he's up there in that echelon. And so would he fit in Dallas's identity of kind of working hard and, and forechecking and playing defense? I don't know if he would or not. But if you're looking for someone who was a one-trick pony who scores goals and that's it, doesn't play a lot of defense, doesn't impact the team at five-on-five, doesn't really watch his defenseman uh, all that much in the D zone. Uh, he is that guy. And now I, I'm i not sure I would have gone three years and four and a half for him, but he was someone that I was maybe thinking about for, for the Stars. You know, um, I did look at Alex Wenberg from Florida. I really liked the, his two-way game that he had with the Panthers last year. Kind of moved around on the power play. Uh, to different positions, but he was pretty steady on their PK. Uh, pretty solid overall, uh, to be honest. But that contract he got in Seattle was outrageous. So when you talked about Klingberg in Seattle, they're they're they've given out some bad contracts. Um, oh, good for yeah. Jamie Alexiak, but the Off Stars were, were not getting anywhere close to that. And Alex Wemberg was outrageous. Grubauer was too much, and then they have one other signing that I looked at and. I was like, "What is what is going on here?" Um, there are twelve-year-olds. Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, it was Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz. There are twelve-year-olds that are playing NHL twenty-one right now that could build a better franchise with better contracts than what Seattle did. I know my I'm, franchise board already is going really great on twenty-one. So yeah, I mean, I'm I just cup ten. Yeah. Three seasons, so. Well, there's there's one more burning question. That has absolutely nothing to do with hockey, but we ask it of most of our guests. And since you've been in Texas now for almost four years, we're hoping with every every fiber of our being that you've at least had Whataburger once. And if so, what is your go-to order at Whataburger? A uh, double-double with animal fries. Oh, that's oh, oh that was harmful. <laughs> it's like he knew. It's like he knew. No, it's uh, uh we give it to another guest. <laughs> oh it's, man. It's, it's a chicken it's a it's a chicken strip sandwich, honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich. Uh, what a what a meal. Uh, that's I, I have a few orders. So that's number one. Number two is a sweet and spicy bacon burger. Um, oh, I haven't had that in so long. Yeah, that's it's pretty solid. Um, yeah. and then number three, uh if if they send coupons in the mail that says free what a meal Free number one, what a meal when you buy another one. My favorite one is going to be the free number one, what a meal. Um, and they still send those out all the time, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. For I everyone really, listening, keep, yeah, keep an eye on your mail. <laughs> How um, do I sign up for this mailing list? Because I'm definitely not on there. They know you have the app. And they're like, no, <laughs> I this do guy have, uses yeah. the app. This guy uses the app. We don't They've need to send They've given me enough months. rewards through the app. Yeah. yeah and then, uh, the... oh, go ahead. Oh, and then in the morning, it's got to be a. Honey butter chicken biscuit. Facts. Yeah. You had us going there. You pulled. You. That was a quick one. That was a quick one to Frank's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. You left it wide open. That was. Yeah, that was a one timer. If I've ever had one. If if you haven't had it yet, the honey butter chicken biscuit with the jalapeno cheddar uh, biscuit instead of the regular biscuit, that's a game changer. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we're all about innovation here on this. You show. really can have it your way. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well uh, i do want to kick it over to jason he's got one more thing that we need to tidy up on obviously um you know we appreciate your you coming on and, and taking some time out of your evening to hang out with us 
Uh, Jason, tell us about that brand new bag. The brand new bag has uh, already brought me so much uh, luck in this last season. Uh, but if you're looking to replace that old moldy uh, hockey bag with a busted zipper on it, go check out uh, ConwayandBanks.com. Uh, they make premium quality bags that are built to last. And they include removable organizers to keep all your gear organized and keeps everything dry with those that waterproof material and those giant vents on the side. Um, my personal favorite feature on there is that built-in foot mat that keeps my feet dry uh, from all those moldy locker rooms. Uh, the bag comes in three different sizes and three different colors, so you'll be sure to find one that you love. Uh, get fifteen percent off the code. Uh, get fifteen percent off your bag using code WhatAHockey15, and uh, get your gear to the rink in style. Style, 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 style. That's the echo afterwards. Uh, it is the one-year anniversary. This is a huge day for Stars fans, so we have got a special clip for you. Um, we usually call it the Razorism of the Week, but we've apparently exhausted almost all of them. Uh, this is episode 41, so apparently he only has like 40. That being said, uh, Patrick, I'm going to kick it over to you if you want to bless the ears of all the listeners of the one-year anniversary of the Dow Stars advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. Please, God, I hope this works. <laughs> to the outside now, in control, wound out by Hintz for Klingberg. One-timer, scores! Dennis Gurionov wins it in overtime. The Dallas Stars are on their way to the Stanley Cup Final. On the glove hand of Robin Leonard. So the second power play unit for Rick Bonus and the Dallas Stars get the two huge goals. Absolutely. Well, we talked about the second power play unit a little bit earlier. We'll talk, we talked about it again, except this one was in the past. So what? one little side note about that. I saw a number floating around, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, Matt. The, the uh, shot speed. On that Gurionov goal, I think, if I remember correctly, I saw some estimates of 114. What do you think about that? How accurate is that? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. 110 feels right. 114 is probably not out of the realm of possibility. I, uh... you're, you're the expert here. We're just guys that bullshit about hockey. Just guys being <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do the same. <laughs> you just you just happen to get paid for it and get to go and get turned away from Canada in the meantime. Yeah, I just con cons the Dallas Morning News into it. So <laughs> have, have they let you uh, on the ice? Like you, you skating with them with the stars no. or anything like that? No, 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 no. <laughs> they won't let you uh, skating out there with the mic with them. No, no. He doesn't want to embarrass anybody. He doesn't want to like, oh well, this is an NHL guy. I don't want to. I don't want Wait, to put him on. Were you saying that the stars haven't let you, or have you been on the ice at all? Uh, to mm. to like to like you know skate it. I'll try it out. No, I'm, I I skate just like every like once or twice every uh, winter. Just uh, going on a date with my fiance. That's about it. Hit hit up the Galleria. <laughs> well, she's from right. St. Louis, so we were up there a little bit last year. Went to some rinks outdoors there. Oh, very cool! Very cool. Well, 
Matt, we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on here and letting us drill you with some of these questions. Uh, one last thing. Uh, we always have specific sign-offs. Each one of us do, myself, Patrick, and Jason. Uh, so if Matt DeFranks had his own podcast on a weekly basis, what would his sign-off be? What would your sign-off be? I have not a clue. And then maybe, that's, maybe that's the sign-off. Not a clue. I have not a clue. I have not a clue. I like that. It leaves a mystery. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, Patrick, as usual, let him know. I I am going to break from tradition a little bit. I'm Whoa. still going to do it, but I do have one announcement. I will be commandeering our uh, Instagram story and posting, I think, Fink's done it a few times with questions. I will be in the shop for upwards of eight hours on Thursday, so I'll have nothing to do. I'm not the, I'm not that interesting, but if you want to ask me anything, send me a message. We'll post it on fun. the story. But in the meantime, maybe you'll get a, a sassy response because that's what I do. I stay sassy always. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you the there it is. Clear your throat. Let them know. And as always, no matter what, no matter who offers you that animal double double with fries, don't ever forget your Kermit tattoos.